<laughs> yeah, you see, incredible. But I'm gonna have to edit it out. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't touch on that topic. I think we leave that one for the uh, for the after. <laughs> it's like canine blackmail. Um, How did we even get there, though? Like, you know... Let's go now, life out here. It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, SDDD, NFL on Twitter. Does that matter? If I say it's so ludicrous at Daryl J. O'Brien, do you think people will start following me then? Huh? Yeah, well, it doesn't work for me. Ridiculousness has never worked for me when it comes to followers. But um, Hold on. Oh, oh, that was oh, that failed oh, cult we had oh, back in the day. Oh, Go on. Yeah. Oh, oh, hi, Steve. Oh, yeah. You're suffering from... Hold on, this is, I have this down on the sound uh, board here, the stinger, as the man flew drop. I shall drop it immediately. In the arms I just want to, uh, no, Daryl, that we are, it's, it's not, I, this could, I could, I could, this could be my end. Mm. This yeah. could be it for me. This could be my last pod. Yeah. I could die. I don't know if anyone really realises, outside of men, really realises that man flu is lethal for men. Yeah. I mean, there's enough, there's enough lot of focus, and rightly so, on the serious side of, of health, but uh, man flu still goes unaddressed, Darrow. It's science. Yeah. I mean, you don't get any sympathy from, from women uh, purely because they can't get it, so they can't possibly understand mm. how dangerous this is. Yeah. So as usual, I have my will ready. I've given Claire all my passwords. Mm. Um, you know, say goodbye to the kids. Yeah. So this could be it. Deleted that folder on your computer, tax returns in 1997. Got rid of that. Sorry, you're forgetting where I live. I don't, uh, you can't even spell that word. No. Tax. Tax? Tax returns. Yeah. Silly. You have Silly. So, you have the executor of your will to delete your internet history, all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, the usual things that you look mm. after before you kick the bucket. In fairness, anyway. no, knowing you, it's probably just like, you know, Patrick O'Brien topless. <laughs> or like Lord Nelson's big toe. I mean, it's going to be something really historically... That's horrendously gross uh, yeah. yeah history porn nice yeah um, are you shocked I'm shocked I'm shocked that people are shocked yeah are I, shocked that people are I'm, shocked? I'm shocked at the shock I think yes um, but before that's we, what shocked me most was the shock before we talk about wattage and voltage and shocks and all the rest see the way I swung all that in there I should yeah, have I like been that. a freestyle rapper we didn't plan that beforehand I'd like to we just not plan that I think I, we just end the podcast here because that's quite I think so we're done we're, we're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna compete with that now for the rest of this no so I was at Steve Diddy NFL uh, the Paddy Packer on Instagram which of course is oh, it's <laughs> I can't believe we've cranked that out so early in the podcast but before we get there the Patreon raffle is going ahead either tonight win? pending oh what yeah, no, you can't, you can't yes, get sir. in, you can't join. But the thing is, people are pretty surprised that I get all this merch. The best comment that I've received so far is, is that not only is the stuff itself quite incredible, but how I can have it in my possession and then just give it all away is incredible. And I would sort of go, that's lol, but that kind of hit too close to the bone, to be fair, because it is pretty painful to have all of these limited special edition items, once off signed pieces, and then literally have to just give them away but give it away we do uh, so if you want to be involved get on to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers and throw your name in the hat forget about it and then you get a free tea and also a place every month and I've got asked this they're like it's really every month yes every single month it's like prize bonds back in the day is that an Irish reference Daryl prize bonds 
Yeah, I mean, every, most governments sold sort of government bonds back in the day, so they're called prize bonds in Ireland. I don't know what they're called anywhere else. Because mm. like, I know you can get onto the market and do gilt edge bonds because, you know, we could talk funds all day, but prize bonds yeah. were something that you used to get out to the post office. And you, I, won, your I, won 80, I won 80 Irish pounds back in the day. Mm. Which is why you've retired to the Cayman Islands. Um, yeah, basically. But no, you have got a man flu. I just, the gall, the nerve, the guff, of you to have a man flu and you're living in the Cayman Islands. I mean, how, how did it come done. about? Well, it's easy done, you see. At the minute, it's 33. Amazing. 33 uh, degrees Celsius. What's that, what that in Fahrenheit, though? Hang on. 700, I think. Hang on. 80. Maybe. 91. 91. 91. Right. Um, yeah, awesome. so that's how hot it is. But the water is a little bit cooler. A little bit chillier. Okay. Yeah, so that's where it happens. It's a bit of arbitrage there between the mm. temperature of the water and the temperature of the air. Therefore, gave me the man flu. Well, my heart bleeds. It's yeah. like a bowl of virus. Yeah. It's like a bowl of virus, only worse. <laughs> yeah, the prognosis is far worse, and there's no vaccine really for is. it either. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Anyway, I think we should move swiftly on. Let's get back to JJ Watt. JJ why are what? Why are people surprised? Do you know what really go? Do you know what ground me gears? Right? Do you know what is a load of balderdash? Right? A load of poppycock. Poppycock is um is uh which is a real slobber knocker, if you will. Um, is the way people are banging on about saying that somehow he's a bum now and that he only went uh. for the money. Like, did we? Hold on, Daryl. We knew. Just hang on. Hang so on. raise your hand. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, Around the back. Tap it on your back. Yeah. He's of course he's gonna go for his payday. Look at the age, look at his age, look at his injury history, and look at the fact that he's human. And then you'll sort of it kind of lends itself to yes, you're going to go where the most money. And again, yeah, t- to be honest, the athletes get themselves in for it, don't they? Because you always go, oh, I want to go somewhere mm-hmm. where I can get a ring, and then they go places that a certain fan base deems they won't. Now the Cardinals could go on to get a ring. Who like Kyler Murray? You know, doing fairly decent. You can't. They can look at Aaron Rodgers and go because he said his first criteria was quarterback, and people go, "Oh well, that close book right there." And you're kind of thinking, "Yeah, there's but there's more factors like money, you know." And he yeah. went for a whopper amount there. No surprise. He did that. I that was that was a surprise. If there was any surprise out mm. of this, um, the amount. I mean, what is it? Thirty-one million, and he's going to get twenty-three guaranteed. Twenty-three. Oh yeah. my. Holy lama Jesus. <laughs> I didn't know where you're going with there. I'm glad you put an E at the end of the holy there because otherwise yeah. it was like, holy Jesus, I'm going to have to go and edit that out. Yeah, we'll um, have to edit that out. But Arizona Cardinals, I mm. mean, fair play to them. Uh, obviously, they didn't have, we're not going to mention it this week. We're not going to mention the salary cap. God damn it. it. Just God, did it. You did it. God damn it. But um, it's one of those things of, they obviously had a bit of space. Uh, if we were to even offer him anywhere close to that, that'd be the end of it. We'd be buying nobody else uh, yeah. ever. That'd be it. I think the sensible people, or if I can put it another way, the non-silly billies uh, out there. Uh, it's so, so silly. Silly, silly billies, these people. Um, where they, they're kind of giving out saying, oh, well, there you go. You have to blow it again. But the, I think the sensible people, which is the majority, to be fair, of what I saw. Um, well, you're said, pretty sensible. Well, sensible? Well, I'm sensible. Yeah, I think we're sensible. sensible. Why don't we? We're have, we do engage in a bit of silly billiness. Little bit of tomfoolery. Just a little bit of the old shenanigans. Just but apart from that, that. Well, nine vodka. Uh, so yeah, I think you know that was no surprise. But come here, uh, the we finally got our hands, got our mitts on, uh, got our gloves, uh, a held of um, some of the coaches and head coaches yeah. and and Brian. And I'm going to say this for all of the squeamish, and this is not suitable for work, Brian. Gutekunst. Um, it's just a name. It's just a name. It's just, it's just a different Goody. name. Hey, Goody. Goody. Hey, Goody. Um, if I say Goody, I don't have to say Kunst. Um, so tell us, Daryl, did you take anything from... Because look, let's not kid ourselves here. Usually, uh, you cannot take a whole lot of stock in these things. But we're the body language experts here in UK Package HQ and we're going to delve no, into no, this. No, no, 
No, Come on, you say the body language expert. Well, one one thing really stuck out. The most important thing was Joe Barry, who was obviously trying to make an impression with the fans. Yeah. Because obviously the silly billies, who are predominantly the loudest as usual yeah. on the old Twitter bot, hmm. they went mental. Obviously Joe Barry's this and Joe Barry's that. So what did he do? He went ice fishing. Well done, Joe. The Wisconsinites yeah. are a massive fan of that, as but we all know. Do you know so, what they're going to say, though? But he didn't catch on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just sat there for five hours yeah, looking just, at the ground. It's not real, like... But yeah. the thing is, I don't... Well, Wisconsin people definitely don't talk like inner city talks. No. <laughs> they, no. Oh, that's not right. You can't... It's too commercial. Uh, and so... Not, <laughs> there are, yeah, there are an awful lot of McGregor's just standing there. Did you drink a load of beer, though? Yeah, good man, Joe. Yeah, you caught nothing. So, um, God, this is getting really cerebral now. But yeah, Joe Barry was impressed by him. I did feel like there was a bit of a stink of um, super relatable from... Daryl is now presently wiping his nose, everybody. Um, I haven't added in the sound effects. Or maybe I will. Maybe I'll just ramp up the sound effects or something. Oh, no. Please you know, don't. like the Blair Witch Project. This gets really off. We're flying. I think me and you... Where were we? Joe Barry. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so him not not to be confused with Michael Barry Moore, which is which no. is completely different. He's more Barry than Joe Barry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, Joe Barry, he he seemed to come across like super relatable. And of course, at the end, there was an old question from the top ropes where they said to him, "You kind of have a crap history, so what's the crack with that?" You know, and uh, you know, paraphrasing here, that wasn't the, it wasn't as yeah. professional as I put it there. That's the gist. And he had to explain himself a bit there, didn't he? Talking about how yeah. he wears these scars on his sleeve. Did you? Was it convincing or was it too much of a job interview style thing for you? Uh, it's a job interview, but like I, I was actually happy enough with it though because he didn't get rattled. He stayed on point, and let's face it, we're all getting to know him. He's all he's getting to know the questions. I'd prefer to see him start out that way, yeah, and um, you know, go straight away into Winston Moss. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah, you need a few years under the belt before you go full Moss. Yeah. Um, you know where you just you can't help people um, but I thought he was good I thought he got into the schematics quite nicely I think so there was two questions um, really that was hanging over this hire right three really one was it was nepotism um, and mm-hmm. I felt that him and Matt LaFleur were so aware of that allegation because uh, Joe Barry said that he had a five hour interview at the start then he had a six hour interview the second one and in between sandwiched in between that was three days or so and there was about three or four hours worth of phone calls so I think they were trying to really stress how it wasn't nepotism that it was thorough Uh, Joe Barry tried to distance himself while also enamoring himself I guess by saying you know I got used to Matt we worked together as assistant coaches but seeing him as a head coach is just awe-inspiring so he's kind of saying he's the big man I'm the little man he's younger than me Uh, you know we're not mate mates I'm in here to do a job but I was impressed by his schematic talk Um, Mm -hmm. and I love the way he kept saying to the reporters like what you guys have to understand is and I think you know what we do we do need to understand that we do need to get down because you know he kind of did it as a bit of a bit I think after a while but Deshaun Watson used to break down coverages and plays for the journalists who'd ask him questions and they'd be bamboozled by it um, and we will get on to the special teams coordinator that I do want to talk about because I was just blown away mm. by him um, but yeah Joe Barry uh, to me came across like and the other so the other questions he had one was nepotism the other one was his history and he said that he wears these scars on his sleeves and you can't hold that against him and that you know it's a difficult job and you know he's a different man and all that kind of stuff now um, the other one was about the the Tampa two defense. So they kind of asked him, you know, is that what you're going for? What's your base defense? And he said, look, I'm going to operate within the three four defense. Um, he stressed the sort of importance of the nickel and dime, and um, you know, basically reading between the lines is that yes, we need a strong linebacker, which is he's kind of alluding yep. to cover two or Tampa two there. Uh, even though he says that the stuff that you have to 
uh, operate under in the I love the way they keep going the National Football League like you can call it the NFL yeah. it's shorter it's right? okay it's um, okay it's easier to say it that yeah, way it's fine I mean you still look as clever um, but I thought he came across really well and I'm excited for it uh, he seems like a really he's obviously a good communicator because he wasn't rattled by whatever the media were saying to him and no. he looked the camera dead in the eye um, and you might go, who cares? You know, that's not important. But I, I like the way he carried himself and the content yep. of what he was saying. He ticked all the boxes for me. Yep. Very happy about it as well. And I think just to add to that, I think and the nepotism point is a key one because I have a feeling we all we, we discussed this before as to why Joe Barry was a fit because he's going to slip in under LeFleur and be his number two. In other words, do exactly what LeFleur wants. But the two of them are singing off the same hymn sheet, so it shouldn't be a problem. But it's his technical ability if he can find a team that can execute what he wants done and the floor wants done, I hope he's successful because he has all the theory. I'd like to see him put it into practice now. And I think, obviously, with a few shuffles going on now, let's hope he has the ammunition and the players to be able to execute this game plan, the one that he wants. And then, you know, maybe those scars that he have on his sleeve, he won't be adding any more. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, that's kind of what strikes me too, is that... So here's the thing that worries me, right, uh, with Joe Barry, is that, and it'll worry me with any defensive coordinator, but, you know, he failed in his previous jobs to a large extent. We've we've gone through that kind of, right, and we've picked out those teams and said they were kind of devoid of talent or whatever. Mm-hmm. If the strength of his defense is based on, like, dynamite linebacker play and playing the middle of the field really is where the strength has to lie, and they pointed the people out, like, look, at you've got Martin and you've got Chris Barnes. You know, two rookies. So yeah. they're not going to be rookies, obviously, you know, next year, but in the sophomore, but then you uh, dreaded sophomore slump. But, you know, I'm touching wood here. Um, Ayo. Uh, but then what I would say is, is that is he not coming into a position again, Daryl, where he, the strength of his defense is the weakness of the defense that he's inheriting? Now, I do know he like he spoke about how it's a great foundation there. He has some great players and everything else. Um, and they also alluded to the fact another interesting thing that Preston Smith might be staying around now, whether they put their yeah. money where their mouth is literally in that point I don't know but yeah, no I'd agree with that I mean I've, I mean, it's going to depend on can we buy a few key players for key positions the fact that JJ what isn't in hmm. the plans anymore I mean let's hope that there is some plans out there even for free agency um, moving on slightly but in a related tack Aaron Jones the news that came out of that basically when Goody said that they may use the franchise or the transition tag to keep Jonesy there for I mean obviously it'll be a one year and the way that works is you get your you know the average of the top salaries at that position but mm. what do you think about that I mean I mean would Jones be happy enough with that I don't think so you know he's been basically yeah. given a year um, you I see I mean it's yeah. almost forcing him to stay for a year it is and I know the, the only thing that will bode well for us is is that I don't think the Packers want to do it because Gudekunst as well he, that was the do you know what he he's so I wouldn't say so good because I, I reckon a lot of people can see through it but I'll just phrase this way he's so good at saying nothing and everything mm. at the same oh, yeah. time so like yeah. you know they say like but again it's sometimes the way the questions are set up like how challenging is it to, you know being a GM during yeah. the coronavirus and he's like oh it's, yeah it's very challenging and you're kind of like you kind of know what yeah. sort of textbook answer you're going to get however like you say when they asked him about the franchise tag he he, it felt like his mouth got away from him a little bit because yeah. he says, 
oh, well, we're going through it at the minute. So it sounds like there's active contract negotiations. They're trying to beat Jones down a little bit, probably in his guaranteed money. But like you yeah. say, is Jones going to be happy with it? No, because the reason he's not going to be happy with it is, is the reason that he wants so much guaranteed money in the first place is because he's a running back and they get injured all the goddamn time. Um, now, he's been a good servant. He has picked up his injuries, you know, throughout the season and throughout the yeah. seasons he's been in Green Bay. N- nothing too serious, thank God. But of course, as a running back and as an agent of a running back, yeah, you want to get your guy paid long term with good upfront money guaranteed money that they can't take away so that if you do go down with an injury it protects the player and of course the team are looking to do the opposite of that which is why contracts for players are a sticky issue anyway but particularly mm-hmm. with running backs what you find is you've agents and running backs are leaning the complete opposite way the way the team wants to go but I, I, I got the vibe though that they do want to bring him back because all of this talk and I'll say it again with fear of repeating myself all of this talk that we need Lindsley back over Jones and I know how fantastic Lindsley has been and how pivotal he has been. Um, but I do feel that Jones is an absolute key and cornerstone of, of this offense. And yep. people are very casual with how they're like, oh, you just slot anyone in there. Because what I love is, is Daryl, they go, oh, just pick up someone late round and throw them in. And you're like, oh, yeah, because that's yeah. worked in Green Bay for forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's kind of, it's a bit ludicrous as well. And then people then forget about Eddie Lacey in those conversations. Yeah, well, um, that's right. Sorry, what? I forgot. Um, but it's one of those things of, people, I think people, Lindsley gives people an emotional hmm where they kind of they get very emotional about it and say we don't want to lose them but it's it's apples and oranges um, so it's one yeah. of those things of having one is not going to solve a problem with the other no and that's the thing right so the, there's that whole argument you need a strong O-line to break open running lanes if you don't have Lindsley well then you go and upset the apple cart now Lindsley as Peter shows in his articles that are being released on the website you know this is a guy who's operating at the top of his game yeah. league wide so I mean yeah. he would be a loss of course he would but the, yeah. you know I just don't agree with sort of going from one to the other but as you say Gudekun's very revealing sounds to me and again reading the language in between the lines which is what you have to do because these lads never want to get in no. that's why Joe Barry you will find with him he will stop talking schematic soon he wants to get it out there to sort of you know lay out his stall yeah, but eventually this is why I'm here yeah, yeah, yeah but these lads get cute like they're not going to release their strategy but yeah Gudekun's pretty revealing that he sort of kind of alluded to the fact that if they need to use it an important I guess is what you're getting at too is that he was asked is it a uh, you know team philosophy not to mm. use that because it's pretty rare in Green Bay yeah um, I mean was the last time they used it I think it was like 2010 something like that yes. so they're not they're not keen on using it no and he said no but of course he's going to say no because if he's at the table with Aaron Jones he wants to he wants Aaron Jones team to understand that they're going to yeah. tag him if they have to. Well, that's yeah. And that's what I thought, that's what was most revealing about this is because, as you say, he tends to just bluff and guster about yeah. things and he'll just basically, he he wanders off and meanders like a very good politician does and never answers the question directly. But what was key about this was that he actually threw that in there and spent time talking about it. Mm. And to me, as you say, if they're sitting around the table now, that's just another negotiating tactic going, look, lads, we're, this is on the table. If you don't, we also have this in the bag. Mm. So... Yeah, look, this guy learned under some absolute top caliber GMs and scouts and all the rest. Uh, rest in peace, Ted Thompson. I mean, this guy, yeah. um, you know, whatever people say about him being wet around the years, he's not. He's been in the industry a very long time yeah. and he saw an awful lot. And actually just going back and forth between them. But Joe Barry, like that stood out about his CV as well. I mean, the amount of top names he worked for um, and he acknowledges that. But back to um, Bride of style, something interesting that peaked with me is, and um a buddy of mine, Steve, I'm not talking to myself, uh, his name is also Steve. Believe it or not, they have multiple Steves. Uh, he sent me a message and just said that he's happy with the Watt talk and that the Watson, uh, uh, the, the Watson, the Sean Watson, that's that's what happens yeah. when you blend their two names. It's great, the Watsons, how we're going. Um, so with all of that talk, people aren't talking about the Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love drama. 
But interesting to Gudekunst's um, press conference, Daryl, he was asked, was it frustrating if it turns out, I think Nagler asked it, that Jordan Love mm. might not see the field again because there might not be a preseason again. He was pretty direct, wasn't he, by saying, yeah, they do need to see him play, which again kind of shows where they're at with him. Yeah. I think so. Um, so yeah, it you know that's an interesting one with Jordan Love. They do need to see him play. They need to see what they have. But that's for multiple reasons. It's you know if they feel like they're going to try hang on to Aaron Rodgers in the end and make it work, uh, you know, contrary to what Andrew Brandt and those people think, uh, well then they need to showcase Jordan Love to get him off the books so that people don't forget about him and think that he can't yeah, do anything. I, you know? I think that's the key point to keep. And people run down the wrong rabbit hole here sometimes. They think, oh my God, if they want to see how Love's going to play, what does that mean for Rodgers? And yeah. like, look at it the other way and going mm. well. If Rogers, if we're back in Rogers, we want someone else to see Love because we want him off the books. So that's I think people jump to the wrong conclusion sometimes when they go, "Oh, look, they're moving on, they're moving on Rogers, and they said all these things about mm. him, and they they were going to shaft him in the end." And that is not necessarily the case. There's no point in having a young guy, but to be fair to, to Love as well, there's no point in having a young guy sitting mm. there doing absolutely nothing. It's not fair. Yeah. Well, like I mean, like what Goody says, like they depend on their tape an awful lot because that's the thing. Like there's this misconception, right, that you go to the um, the NFL combine and you run around a couple of cones and all of a sudden your draft stock goes up there is something to it and that's the reason why these guys go there and they can be wowed by someone's physical capabilities we saw with Rashan Gary for instance yeah. very raw but an absolute beast of a man and when you see him you know that blows people away as well so there is an element to that, that but it only kind of confirms your suspicions let's say um, so when you look at the likes of uh, what Goody was saying about you know how he's going to scout people and all that you do need to see them in the flesh um, Matt Flynn back in the day I mean putting up the you know franchise numbers in a game touchdowns in a game against Detroit that got him paid seriously you know with mm. Seattle and everybody else when you look at Brett Hundley I mean he was regularly called the this um, preseason MVP and then he ended up going and moving on now we didn't get a whole lot for him but you know he added value and people have to remember not that they could forget that Jordan Love was the first round pick so they, they're going to try to get yeah. some return on investment in some way um, yeah. albeit how it falls if there's nothing else there Daryl uh, LaFleur did he say anything in particular that you picked up on that you know piqued your interest or was it pretty vanilla stuff from him again? I think it was pretty vanilla from him and I think it was interesting that he was actually quite low-key. I actually think he wanted everyone else to do the talking. That's the impression I got, that mm. we didn't get any new... In well, I certainly didn't get any new insights from him, anything, any burning questions. He wasn't really pinned. To be fair, even the journals that were there, they tended to pin everybody else more than yeah. him. I actually think they were testing everybody else there to see what they could get out of them. Um, but I, to be fair to the floor, I think he was just basically seeding the floor. Yeah, um, nice playing words. So yeah, nice. the the thing about Le Fleur seeding the floor. So he um or uh, Le Fleur yeah. as they say in French. No, they don't. Um, oh, you speak French? I do. Yeah, on, on occasion. Um, so uh, usually when I get angry. So with Le Fleur for me, as you say, you know he's pretty. Not that it's not, it's good to hear from him. It's good to hear his perspective, but he's in the system. He's bedded down. He knows what he wants to do. He's asking the kind of obvious questions of how are they going to navigate if stuff is virtual. You know, they did a good job, obviously, last year because we got so far in the game. Yeah. Um, so they did something right in the prep to kind of hit the ground running. You cannot argue with their record and their numbers. Um, the, the one thing that was revealing for me, like I was saying sort of on the Joe Barry talk, is that he spoke about how thorough that that interview process was and I think 
like so Gudikun spoke about the Aaron Jones situation and I felt said more than he usually says that's not for mm. our benefit that's for Aaron Jones um, Joe Barry mentioned about the interview that's not for um, his credentials that's to stop the media talking about nepotism Matt LaFleur raised it as well again not for our benefit but to sort of get out there that I didn't just pick him because he was a mate and he, he spoke about his experience and everything else what I find that journals tried to do and, and they do it and we'll get on to Drayton now because he was a guy that we sort of touched on before and we said there, there wasn't much to talk about there. Uh, but in fact, I think there's a lot to talk about from his from his presser. Um, but they kind of tried to ask them all, oh, so you came in after Mike Petton. What's different? How are you better? And they kind of said the same to Drayton. But for LaFleur, I don't think they tried to needle him as much to say like, yeah. oh, you know, because we know the story. He's, he's answered those questions before and LaFleur is so good at taking the blame for kind of everything, saying that as a coach, he needs to do a better job. But one small revealing thing, and I guess we move on to Drayton after that if you, if you don't have anything on it, uh, was that he turned around and he said, looking back at that game against Tampa, um, because he was asked the question, was showing them the game against the Niners a good idea? Was it a good motivating factor? Is that what you have to do to these players to kind of get them up and running? And he said, look, why we lost that game did not come down to effort. It came down to coaching decisions and it came down to, you know, players making plays. And it's the blend of the two of them is why we lost. We're not going to dissect it again. We know why we lost. But yeah. just interesting that he said, look, it was never to do with that the personnel didn't want to do it. One final thing, actually. Um, he talk, Matt LaFleur talks about how complex the Joe Barry defense is and when they come up against and how they find it hard to plan for it. And that's another concern that I had because is that not the reason why Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Rashan Gary apparently went and met with Petten and told him to dumb it down a little bit because he was getting too complex and just get after the, the fundamentals and the simple stuff. That's the second thing that would concern me, reading way between the lines and overdoing it. Uh, but again, it's just something that I, I picked up on it. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, that is a concern. Concern is if they can handle it. Here's the other problem. Uh, our defence couldn't handle the simple things. They yeah. couldn't do the simple things well, and that's the first thing. So if, if, if the drilling could be a little bit better, if they could do the simple things well, then I think they can build on that to put in some more complication. Yeah, which is kind of along the lines of what Mo Drayton was saying when it comes to um, special teams. What stood out for you about Mo Drayton, uh, Daryl? Do you think he's going to do something different? Because like Rob Domofsky said with his question, uh, he was saying everything that all of the other special teams coaches over the years come in and said between Ron Zuck and Benenga and everything else, and it always pans out the same way. Um, do you think he'll make a change? Yeah, I think so. I, I think he's a, he's definitely going to be a, a new brush. I think he's going to do it. I just I actually just was really impressed by him. Yeah, uh, and yes, he said all the things that everyone else has said. But actually, there's something different about this guy. He's more cerebral in the sense of, um, uh, you know, let's face it, something seen in him, and people are saying, well, you know, he's not, he's not experienced enough to take this. But the point was, well, if we don't take him, someone else is going to and going to give him his step. I think this is a guy I would love to give an awful lot of leeway to mm. because I was pretty impressed by him. And yes, he says all those things, but they're not wrong. Yeah, but I just get the impression that this guy, who's very cerebral, um, seems to get it and knows exactly what he wants. I just love that he, you know, he said that he comes from a teaching background. That his parents, one of his parents, was a teacher and the other was a pastor, and they kind of moved around. He is, as you say, I got the vibe super cerebral, um, very good communicator. Uh, one of the things that Matt Lafleur said was is that he's a great teacher. He's always teaching, but that's because he comes from that teaching background. Yeah. He really has his own personal philosophy down, where he talks about. 
you know, you have to go and look at the why. So you have to level with these players and, you you know, you want to make them better. These are all the things that we heard from the great players, from Joe Montana yeah. the whole way down, that they said, you know, because Mike Holmgren talks about it in a football life when he talks about, you know, going into a room full of these high-caliber quarterbacks and being kind of nervous that they'll be teaching you. But these come to you and say, I want you to tell me what I'm doing wrong and make me better. Um, so he seems that type of guy, very... The same mould as Jerry Gray. I, I kind of get that vibe that, you know, he's a guy who gets down to their level and explains why and all that kind of stuff. What I absolutely loved, though, was when they asked him about, uh, you know, so everyone says what he says. So what makes him any different? And he was able to pick out the special teams coaches, the staffing, uh, the who the quarterbacks were. I call them yellow jacket quarterbacks. And he said that special teams always played second, third, fourth fiddle. Uh, to the fact that there's an offense there. It wasn't complimentary. It was literally supplemental. Uh, so the fact that he was saying like, look, they've ignored it because they didn't need it, whereas now it's become an issue. Um, and I just thought that was really good that he risked throwing uh, others under the bus when he came out and said Menengo is a friend of his um, and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't get that vibe. I didn't get the vibe that he was sort of saying everyone else was crap and I'm great. But he was sort of saying like that was that has been the outlook. And obviously that's coming from the top down because he wouldn't have the authority to say that if he didn't, if he thought it was going to get him into trouble for God's sake, you know. And I thought that was really yeah, and interesting. It, and on that, but you link all those things together. What you're getting here is you're getting a very, very technically proficient team and that's what Lafleur I thought highlighted in that he, whether he wanted to or not if he did it was a genius um, way to approach it because he's basically showing it that these guys are well drilled they're very technical they know exactly what they want mm. gone are the days when they just walk out and go I just go out and play uh, yeah. so you know this is where he's building this very very clever coaching ticket um, and I th- that's what he got across to me I mean, th- you know he was sitting there and he was basically getting hammered saying well you're just doing you're saying everything else that other mm. um, you know special teams coaches are saying but he's saying well no not actually and he's basically proving I've done my homework already I know what the problem is and I know what I want to fix yeah and he went into his staff and he talked about the yeah. people that he has with him uh, you know we called one guy the rain man of situational play it <laughs> looks like he has a good uh, setup around him he's very hyper aware and I just love the way he en- this is going to sound ridiculous I understand that, but I like the way he ends sentences. It's very abrupt. He just says what he has to say and then just shuts up. And I just, I like that in a guy yep. who seems direct. There's none of this faffing around. Now we'll see if he has to explain himself throughout the season and then we'll see yeah. uh, what kind of thing. We'll see now, how he handles it then. But yes, I mean, it is good that someone, when they've finished saying what they need to say, they stop talking. Mm. Uh, and that's pretty good because it shows a level of confidence where they've gone, yeah. I have said, I have given you the answer. That is it. Which again shows he's more mature at this because if you look at the floor and how sort of naive and green he was in some interviews and you look at uh, Mo Drayton and he's just coming out and he seems to have yeah. command of it. The other thing I liked about Joe Barry, by the way, is when he kept asking the reporters what their names were because he was trying to get down and be friendly. Yeah. That just shows the measure of a man. I mean, if you're interested in the reporter's name and every question was, oh, that's a great question. And I just love the way he's sort yeah. of, he's so complimentary. So... Uh, for now, for now, for now, for now, until they start asking him questions, I just I mean, love. Who, who was our Who was our other defensive coordinator? What was he called? The guy from last year. Oh, oh I can't think of his name. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how he keeps going with the press because uh, they can be vicious at times. Yep, yeah, uh, certainly that. So yeah, look, it, there was a there was a lot to take, and there was you know parts that you could probably read more into. But certainly looking forward to hearing from those lads again. Uh, Daryl you came up with mm. a fantastic idea of what we're going to do kind of we haven't really decided yet whether we're going to do full episodes on it or just kind of tack it on to the end of stuff do you want to give the people uh, kind of a rough idea of some yeah, nice stuff now that we have a little bit of time now that the JJ what stuff has calmed down JJ, and huh? people are going to JJ who huh? um, we're going to calm down <laughs> a bit on for a while so it's <laughs> Shaggy, Shaggy? Um, how did we get into Scooby too? I don't know Scoob 
Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah so what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at the legacy docs on the Packers website or the app, whichever we want to do. And we're going to start, obviously, from the first one and work our way along. But I think mm. it's a good opportunity to uh, do that whilst, obviously, the news is a little bit quieter. But I think we'll start with the first one. So I think it covers 1919 to 1929 or thereabouts, just hits the Great Depression. So I think it'd be a good idea if what we'll do is we'll sit down, we'll watch it. Um, we'll take a few notes and have a chat next week on it I think it's one of those things if you guys haven't listened to it our listeners out there or you know, maybe, or watched it maybe go and do that uh, and you can you know chat along with us and see if you see if you agree with us next week yeah so it's kind of a breakdown and a review of the documentary and also kind of ambling through the history of it as well and yeah. sort of pointers that we had yeah it's a great idea um, so yeah you can get to it if you go to the Packers app um, or the website there's actually there's a drop down which is the legacy documentary which you can buy it on DVD but you can just watch it free and not to get too into it because we, we'll wrap up now but it's it's driven by Cliff Crystal who is the go-to guy for Packers history um, and me and Daryl you and I have watched it and it's just a it's a not to give spoilers away but by and large it's fantastic um, so it's a good thing to kind of delve into because it gives you the warts and all is what I find yeah. Um, yeah. but anyway we, we'll we'll park that there but yeah good idea watch the first episode uh, lads and ladies and then we'll come back and it'll kind of be like like a book club uh, you know when you go and yeah. go away except watch a it, docu- documentary club except club? there'll be no wine no well, well there, might, there might be wine there might be wine <laughs> there, in fact there will be wine there will be wine we're, we're drinking wine okay wine and cheese right so there we go um, if you want it on the draw which uh, keep your eyes peeled as well if you are a current Patreon member because that draw is going to drop tomorrow on YouTube whoa, whoa, which whoa, is hang on hang on quick interruption oh. just checked uh, the, uh, hang on. the Bears they yep Yep, they still suck. Still suck. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Um, so yeah, get on to youtube.com forward slash UK Packers, Instagram.com forward slash UK Packers, Facebook.com forward slash UK Packers, Twitter.com. And oh, come on. Is there anywhere we're not? Is UK there anywhere we're not? Packers? I see where you're going with this. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and also you can find some content on Instagram.com forward slash the Paddy Packer. No, don't say it again. Uh, and again at Daryl J O'Brien for Daryl on Twitter do follow him he is slowly but surely driving down the Russian bot to normal person ratio um, and actually do you welcome. think that this man flu could have been caused by some suspicious extra governmental activity on the Russian side yes oh okay well, that's answered that <laughs> mystery Damn solved you Putin <laughs> There's obviously some sort of thing that, like, he picks up this podcast now, and we're both yeah. gonna get absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Novichokt. Is that a thing? Is that a verb? Can you verbalize? Verbalize? Yeah, yeah. Can you verbage it? Well, I tell you what, lads, it's desperate in here today. I'm Novichokt. Yeah, got Novichokt last night. That's unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I should probably leave it there. It's getting too political. Um, <laughs> so yeah, from myself at NFL on Twitter at Daryl J O'Brien. <laughs> In the arms. <laughs> Just got to sing it there. <laughs> anyway, if people have got to hear it, congratulations. Go back, go. Talk to you next week.